And look, when when you're living with God Himself as your purpose, it allows you the ability to endure the unthinkable. I mean, think mm-hmm. of think of Paul's heart, right? Again, driven not only to know his maker, be known by his maker, but make his maker known. Listen to what he said to the Ephesians, uh, that to the Ephesian elders in Acts 20, 22 to 24. He said, And see now, I go bound in the spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me there. Except, like he's saying, I don't know what's gonna what's gonna go on, except I know this. The Holy Spirit testifies in every city, saying that chains and tribulations await me. So he didn't know what was going to happen. <laughs> I don't know about any good stuff, but I know this. I got, I got chains coming. I got tribulation coming. And then he says this, but none of these things move me. What a focus. Wow. I mean, but that in and of itself, like we could spend an, uh, you know, an, an hour hmm. and just talking on that. None of these things move me. Because ultimately that's what it comes down to, right? Like what I said earlier, staying our course, not being moved, swayed by, oh, my car broke down. Oh, I have this bill I got to pay. Oh, these people don't like me. Oh, they unfriended me. (laughs) None of these things move me. What things? That you're going to be persecuted, you got chains coming. Nor do I count my life dear to myself. That's the key. Welcome to the Living Waters Podcast. Name that movie from that line game, where we try to name that movie from that line. These are all clean movies, I'm assuming. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's the caveat, friends. Uh, This is not endorsing any of these movies. Some of them we may have seen, may have not. Uh, Maybe if we saw them, it was in the past. And uh, if we've seen some of them today, maybe we used ClearPlay or VidAngel or something like that. But anyways... Here are some of the most memorable movie lines of all time. I'm normally pretty good at this. Name that movie. So. Ben Hur. <laughs> <laughs> I should have expected that, Ray. All right, here we go. So you're telling Dumb me there's a chance. Wow. Oscar? Go on. Did you look at my screen? Ah, I promise. Okay. <laughs> Boy, I so wanted to watch that movie because I so identified with it, but it was dirty. It was a dirty one, wasn't Ray, it? Ray, we got to get you on VidAngel and ClearPlay. Yeah, I'd really like that. Oh, I'd love seriously. to watch Dumb and Dumber. Well, you know, that scene, Mark, you remember that scene, right? And we were talking about it recently. It was, he, he, he's this nerdy guy and he comes with this beautiful girl and he's like, I need you to let me know. I drove all this way. Is there a chance? Like, he's like, like a one in a hundred. She goes, more like one in a million. <laughs> <laughs> and he so goes, so you're tell? saying there's a chance. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we go. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make him an offer he can refuse. Oh, the, the Godfather. Woo! I've never seen it. I've never I've, seen it. I've oh, never seen it either. Okay. I've never seen it, but I, I remembered you and how you spoke on our yeah. video. Isn't that good? Isn't that a good mafia guy? Very, very, very good. good for, not one. <laughs> I'm actually told there's not one cuss word in that movie. Are you for real? How many is there? How many is there? What? Yep. I've never seen it, but uh, well, I'm, that's it's a, ser- it's a series. One. I see what you did there. I see it's, you did. It's, it's a series, and that was Marlon Brando, by the way. It's two hundred cuss words. Uh, it's not one enough. It's a series, and it's it's believed to be one of the best ever. Is what they say. I mean, it's one of kinds of awards. Horribly vicious, isn't yeah. it? But the acting, I think. They oh say yeah, right. yeah. Brando was a great actor. Okay, here's another one. You're killing me, Smalls. Sandlot. Wow, that's a good movie. You've seen that, Oscar? I mean, I haven't seen it in a really long time, actually. I liked it as a kid. I'm just now remembering we put it on for our kids, and it was one of the ones we ended up taking off yeah. pretty quick. We like got 20 minutes into it. Oh, and we're yeah. like, um, we're going to watch something <laughs> I know, else you now. Forget, right? You got 20 minutes into okay. it? Okay. Come on, Ray, Mark, get into this. Oscar's whipping you guys. Hey, right, no, I've, go. just, I've got We two. have lives. Oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> 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 Good point. Okay. okay, here we go. 
My mom always said, dude, stop it. Are you seriously not reading? I'm, my pr- I'm not looking at your screen. You're insane. Okay. No, the that Godfather one's a no-brainer. What was it? My, but I just said my mama, and <laughs> the way you said you're terrible. Uh, no, no, it's I'm so good. Oh, that's what that it you is. got it. It's okay. Bubba Gump, right? Yeah, that's right. Uh, Tom Hanks. Yeah. Okay. Here's another one. I watched that on Clear Play. That's good. Uh, that's yeah. one of the most brilliant movies. Uh, we watched it as a family on mm. on Vidangel, I think, and it was amazing. Okay, here we go. You can't handle the truth. Uh, um, good fel- no. Uh, ooh, it's <laughs> Nicholas K. Uh, Ni- no, Jack Nicholson. <laughs> Jack Nicholson and uh, Tom Cruise. Okay, uh, and the movie is called A Few Good Men. Wow, nineteen ninety-two. Good job. Okay, with great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> Spider-Man? Spider-Man, yeah. Uh, okay. What's crazy is I don't have a single Bible verse memorized. Okay. <laughs> Ray, Ray, if, you, if Ray doesn't get this, uh, I'm disassociating from him forever. Here it's Wonderful go. Life. <laughs> Wait, are you kidding me right now? Every time a bell rings, an angel gets its wings. Wait, are you serious? Yes. What? It's a wonderful life. Look, I move in realms you guys wow. just don't understand. Ray Comfort. How did you do that? I just that was insane. Good looks. Humility. Yes. Yeah, right. Raskel, good looks. I've just i never witnessed a miracle. Ray, that was pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, it's the only movie he's ever watched. <laughs> All right. Other than Ben Hur. Yeah. Actually, you know, I watch a lot of old black and white movies. Okay. I mean, literally hundreds or even thousands of them. I've seen yeah. every black and white movie. I know. There's some, I, re- I love black and white movies. Yeah. They were clean, wholesome. Anyway. They're very colorful. All right. Speaking of that, I have a color friend. A colorblind friend of mine. <laughs> colored friend? A colorblind wow. friend of mine I apologize. who insists that apples are yellow. Stop it. Really? It's bananas. It's <laughs> <laughs> ridiculous. Good one, Marky. Okay. I wouldn't say that. Battle, <laughs> battle do, pig. Oh, from that's from Babe. Yes. Yes. I knew you'd get that Wonderful. one, right? Oh, I love okay. that movie. Don't you move on. Just talk about Babe for oh, a minute. Oh, seriously. Wasn't Babe cool? Yeah, I watched, it, I watched it five times, and I normally don't watch movies more than ten times with Ben-Hur, but I, I, I really, <laughs> really enjoyed that because there's, there's something spiritual about it. You yeah. know, it's foolish things to confound the wise, all the animals talking. It's a great well, movie. Well, the scenery was heartwarming, too, yeah. the whole farm setting. And, then, uh, and I think it was the first movie where they incorporated animals with moving mouths actually oh i yeah. thought they trained them to do that <laughs> no no and it's all this almost carries the gospel in it that stupid pig doing yeah. something wonderful at the end that stopped the mouths of all the mockers yeah it was beautiful all right oscar you not no, seen it, seen it. Oh, gotta watch you it with your kids. here we Babe. go you shall not oh, lord pass. of the rings yeah lord of the rings okay uh never saw it i could have what been. I could have been a contender. Oh, uh, um, um, Rocky? No, no. Uh, <laughs> the contender. He was a waterfront guy. Yes, the waterfront. Yeah. Marlon Brando. Brando. Another Marlon Brando. Could okay, have been a here's contender. another. This is one of the, the most famous ones. Go ahead. Make, Make my, my day. day. Uh, dirty Clint Harry. Eastwood. Yeah. Dirty Harry. Uh, and su- Filthy. Sudden, that's what I said. Filthy Harry. Sudden impact. You guys got to get out more. Wait, it was sudden impact? Yeah. I've, okay. never, I've never seen it. Dirty that. Harry. There's no place like home. There's no place like home. Oh, uh, what's it called? The Wizard. The uh, Wizard of Oz. Yeah, Wizard of Oz. Julie Garland. Okay, this one. I almost got one. Have you seen the Somewhere Over the Rainbow, um, that guy with the ukulele? You sent it last night. Yeah, it's just 1.3 billion views. He passed away. His voice was amazing. He was a little big. That's the problem, poor guy. But yeah, just the first time I ever heard it, it brought tears to my eyes. It's just beautiful. 
What's yeah. it called? Somewhere Over the Rainbow by the guy with the Ezzy, ukulele. Izzy, yeah. Okay, Mark, you better get this one. Izzy, Izzy? Izzy. Izzy, Izzy? Izzy, Izzy? Izzy, I've had people call me Izzy. All right, here we go. How many is there? Uh, three, <laughs> three trillion. Okay, here we go. Those eggs were a lie, Stephen. Oh, a lie. <laughs> they gave me no Nacho libre. Uh, <laughs> they gave me no nutrients. Oh, that is man. a funny movie. That is hilarious. One more? Okay. Three Amigos. My precious. Oh, that's the Lord, Lord of the Rings. Of the Rings. Never yeah. saw it. Okay, here's You're one. Crazy. Here's one you guys have to know. Mm-hmm. Well, I went to the movie theater. I paid for a ticket. I just, I'm looking. This is an opportunity to have a three hour nap when I have like. <laughs> Hey, listener, have you ever imagined yourself having a box of goodies for you to give away to every friend, loved one, non-believer that crosses your path? Well, now you can get one. That's because Living Waters is giving away 10 free boxes of goodies every single week. That's eight in the USA and two overseas. And this is being made possible by a faithful partner of ours that has given us funds to make these resources available to you for free. Each of these boxes has $100. That's right, $100 worth of tracks, books, and even your very own podcast mug. Go to livingwaters.com forward slash podcast, fill out the form, and then listen to the end of the episodes where we will be announcing our winners. Livingwaters.com forward slash podcast. Good luck. Kids. So uh, I took the movie theater version's two hours and 47 minutes. Yeah. Okay, so it was filmed in New they, Zealand, Mac. So they just was. allowed me to keep And sleeping. by the way, it was colorized. It was deceitful. Everyone goes to New Zealand because the scene was just so <laughs> incredible. I know. But that movie was colorized. Was. And everything you see in New Zealand, oh, yeah. it's just. It's I'm a, actually in the middle of rereading Lord of the Rings right now. Really? Yeah. Why? Okay. That's so good. Listen, huh. this is iconic here. Ready? My name is Maximus Decimus Meridius. Commander of the Armies of the North, General of the Felix Legions, loyal servant to the true Emperor, Marcus Aurelius, father to a murdered son, husband to a murdered wife, and I will have my vengeance in this life or the next. You butchered that, by the way. I actually think that was pretty good. Thank you, you, Mark. That was brilliant. That was a great impression. I don't... Uh, what is her name? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jezebel. That's funny. Okay, how about this one? What you do in life will echo in eternity. Gladiator. Yeah, same thing. No, that was a okay. trick question. Three more and we're done. Ready? Three? Yeah. Three. Oh, three. Ready? Here we go. Here we go. No water for him. I said oh, no ben water for him. Ben Hur, Ben Hur. <laughs> Ray, how many times have I done that? Oh, it's, just, it's a wonderful scene. And folks, if you've never seen that scene, please watch it. It'll just the scene or should they just watch that the scene. Movie? No, you don't yeah. watch the whole movie. Just the scene where Jesus gives water to Ben Hur. It'll give you goosebumps. You'll just yeah, fall on amazing. the floor. Okay, you guys definitely won't get these next two. What are we doing? Hasta la vista, baby. <laughs> and? Terminator. I'll be back. Mm. Boy, I think I'll be back is probably uh, the most quoted but line. But what does he say movie. it in? What movie is that? That was uh, Terminator, Terminator 2. 1984. Terminator 2, Judgment Day. I'll be back. <laughs> Boy, he's so specific. He's gotten a lot of mileage out of that. Mm-hmm. All right, friends. Well, what a contrast to I'll be back. Here's a comment. <laughs> My name is Jaron Hembroff, and I'm 20 years old. I love the Living Waters podcast, and I would not be upset if you started to do three episodes per week. Wink, wink. You want to kill us, Jaron? <laughs> My son, Ethan, said the same thing. He's all, Dad, I have, listen, one thing you need to change with your podcast. 
three times a week. Wow. Go Monday, Wednesday, Friday. That that would said, that that's, you were just about to kick him out of the house until yeah. you said that. <laughs> it's encouraging that people want more. Really, that that doesn't mean a lot. I first discovered Living Waters when the Mario video popped on my YouTube Yay. feed. Praise the Lord for that video. Four million views. Popped on my feed when I was 17 or 18. I grew up in the church, but it wasn't until I saw this video that I heard the gospel presented so clearly. I don't ever remember hearing about repentance or what it means to truly believe in Jesus. I believe that this is what led me to getting saved by Christ. Praise God. Yeah. I've been hooked on Living Waters probably since then. Please do more biographical episodes. I would love to hear one on Luther as well as others. Also, please do at least one episode with all of your wives. Oh, we've only got one each. <laughs> I'm sure thousands of people would love to hear their testimonies. Oh, I'm sure they'd be I thrilled would. to be on. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Thank you guys for your passion and your work. I love you guys. Hopefully, would Rachel ever come on? Friends. I could see Rachel um, coming on. Rachel? Yeah, your wife. Yeah, Rachel. I think Rachel would. Mm. Hello, I love AZ so much. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't let talk about all my great attributes. All right, friends. Yeah, it would be a very short program. <laughs> it would. Laura this, would not come on. She no? Wouldn't? Have you asked her? Would Kelly come on, Oscar? Ah. Uh, isn't it funny? Our, our wives, I don't know Flora, I'd call her an introvert, but she wouldn't come on. But I, the rest of us, our three wives are at least introverts. Kelly's Sue definitely is very introvert. Oh, Rachel. Yeah, but Rachel's, she's coming out of her shell. She All right, she's, she's, she's a snail. I mean, she's got, she's 80, snail? She's got 80, almost 85,000 followers on her social media page. She speaks now at, to What's women. What's it called? And, oh, Joyful Mothers. For you ladies out there, check it out. Okay, friends, this podcast is brought to you by the Ten Commandments Scroll Pen. One of the best resources I think we have. You pulls out and in, retracts, and it's got uh, just a creative way to memorize the Ten Commandments. I used to Ink. use the boomerang pins when I was a uh, server in a restaurant. It was oh, really? So great. Yeah, thou, you, thou, you thou shall not steal. not steal. Ray, how'd you get that idea? That seriously was really brilliant. I just found it in my brain. It's just, a, <laughs> it's seriously, it's, it's something we never mentioned, but it's their ballpoint pens, and everyone steals them, and, and it, it's got written them on, on the pen. Thou shall not steal, and it's got a Bible verse, and that's going to appeal to the conscience. Oh, yeah. It's called boomerang, because like a boomerang comes right back to you. Yes, and the thing is, you just let people steal them. <laughs> the Ten Commandments scroll pen, ink sold separately. <laughs> Can you imagine? And don't forget the Living Waters mug and the Evidence Study Bible all at livingwaters.com. We didn't do that on the last episode. No, I, was a little was really good. I didn't do that on the last episode. Right, you didn't do it. All right. All right, guys. We are today talking about what it actually means to have purpose in life. I think after this opening, people are abandoning life. Yeah. Yeah. Guys, purpose is probably, I would say, one of the biggest buzzwords of the 21st century. I thought it was about porpoise. <laughs> porpoise. That's like, a New <laughs> it's like a New Yorker saying purpose, isn't it? We were doing this episode Purpose. on poipuses, Aze. What's your poipus? Poipus. Yeah, but seriously, I mean, I, I talk about this in one of my messages where I, I discuss this sort of thing, but if you were to do a Google search on the top trending buzzwords of the 21st century, I wouldn't be surprised if purpose was close to the top of the list. What Books written on it, sermons preached on it, movies, mm -hmm. podcasts, radio programs. You're, you're really hard-pressed even, even to go to a conference or listen to a sermon where someone to one degree or another isn't talking about purpose. And yet, unfortunately, a good chunk of the answers on what the purpose of man is have nothing to do with, with really the biblical call to the purpose of man. So, so what are some futile purposes of life that people... <laughs> Everything. Go juggling. Vanity fear. Juggling. Mark juggles. <laughs> juggle. I, yeah. he, he's a good juggler, really. Oh, yeah. yeah, Mark. Why didn't you stop juggling, Mark? I could only juggle like 
three things. Yeah, but hang on, I can only do two. I so can do three is pretty good. You I'm, can do three. I can do three. I'm a mime. You know, I can do mime. <laughs> <laughs> Man in a box. Get out of that box. Uh, it's not a box. It's a so I mean, uh, <laughs> people people have erroneously gone down some some rabbit trails when it comes to purpose and meaning. Yeah. And some of them are very popular, like uh, business success. Yeah. Uh, what are some of them that you? I mean, you're not afraid of just simply saying that that is not the meaning of life. Mm-hmm. That is not the purpose of life. Because I, I would imagine we're going to get into what is the purpose and the meaning of life. Yeah. But what are Westminster Catechism? I'm sure we'll go there. But yeah, yeah um, a lot of people don't discover that their life is futile until they get to the end of it. Live their life doing everything but serving God, loving God. Ray, you've often talked about, and we, we've discussed it before, I, I want two things. I, I want you, after you answer this, to, to touch on Vanity Fair. He doesn't we, have to. He will. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you, we throw that out there, that term Vanity Fair. There's a magazine by that name, but, but there's, a, there's a place where that came out of. But uh, before that, you've always talked about your biggest nightmare being seeing these guys walking down the street, walking their dog, their elderly, and you're thinking they're retired. And th- the nightmare for you is the thought of having nothing to do. Don't even say that. And just walking your dog <laughs> all day. No, it's not walking the dog. The dog is walking the man. That's true. That's the tragedy That's of it. The, yeah. the guy is just, he stayed at home, woke up, had breakfast, looked at TV, didn't want to watch the soaps or whatever's on or the women's talk shows. Goes for a walk with the dog, comes mm. back and sits down and has a cup of tea and lunch, and he's just waiting to die because he's left God out of the equation. Ooh. And when I was a non-Christian, I had an incredibly exciting life. My own business at 20 years old, I could slap a note on the door, gone surfing. It was my dream. I left mm. a bank to open my own business. People say, what do you do for a living? I mind my own business. What do you do? <laughs> but I, it was just wonderful. I owned, owned my own home at, uh, at 20 years old. and had everything I want, and I was horrified because I had no purpose. Wow. It just didn't make sense, I thought. It was, it was really, I had a, a Solomon experience condensed. Mm. You know, I didn't have a thousand concubines. I only had one. But I thought, what do I do now? Yeah. If, I get, if I make more money, my friends, my surfing buddies are going to hate me. You know, it was just, it was crazy. And I was, I was absolutely floundering at the age of 22, I think. It was just before I got saved. I thought, I just don't get this. Wow. And, and that, that's what drives me to reach the lost. There's just millions or billions out there that are just absolutely lost. Don't know where they came from. Don't know what they're doing here. Don't know where they're going. Wow. And Jesus said, the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which is lost. So we've got to run to them. Ray, you, your, your testimony in that regard reminds me of Ecclesiastes. Vanity, vanity. And I think you asked the question earlier, what are some of the false purposes that are out there? I mean, they're they're endless. There's a consumeristic purpose aspect in which I need to gain, obtain, experience, wealth, prosperity, that that's the purpose of your life. There's a power purpose out there and it's I need to have power and control over my lives. There's also a purpose out there in which the working definition of their life is to receive praise, to be recognized and known by a wider audience. And of course, some of the most well-known people truly feel unknown. You know, if so many eyes are watching you, none of them really actually know you. Yeah. Uh, there is a purpose though that I think everybody deep down longs for that is given to them by God and rooted in the gospel. And that is this, I think everybody knows that their true purpose is rooted in some way, somehow in love, mm. but they don't understand the love that they desire. I think everybody wants to be known and wants to be loved. That aspect, that touches on 
the purpose that God has given us. And Westminster Catechism, written in 1648, for those who don't know, catechisms are a question and answer type survey to help children learn about the Bible. This one was written in 1648. So they're not primarily Catholic. I think a lot of people, when they hear catechism, they think Catholicism. This, these were Christian tools to start. 1648, first question, what is the chief end of man? Now, the word chief end sounds archaic. What it's ultimately asking is, what is the meaning of man? What is your purpose? Why are you here? Why did God create you? And the answer is, a man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Amen. Yeah, and I've mentioned it a number of times on the podcast, but this is really the foundation for the family vision statement that I crafted for us, for the Zwayne family household, to gladly and passionately glorify God in every thought, affection, word, and deed, while constantly enjoying Him as our greatest pleasure and most precious treasure. That's what it comes down to, you know, and I love that. We have it on a big plaque in our living room. Our, all of our kids have memorized it. My wife and I have memorized it. It's become the, the foundation. memorized it. <laughs> Willows memorize it. It's become our foundation for our family devotions, a common dis- a topic of discussion in our home. And, and that's giving your family purpose, right? And I, I encourage everyone. Unbelievable. Two for two. You dropped it again, Ray. We're two for two today. Look, guys, it's not my fault. It's this gravity thing. I'm always having, <laughs> seriously, always having problems. I drop eggs. I, I spill milk, whatever. Yeah. It's the gravity thing. Yeah. Gravity, blame it on on gravity, but you know it's it, it's it's something I would encourage every family to do is to craft some sort of vision statement that that will give your family something to to aim towards in terms of purpose. You know, how has that practically helped you guys? Like as you disciple your children, how how do you guys refer back to that statement yeah. to memorize? How how is that? It's become for you? a reference point because if we're dealing with issues of discipline, the question is, hey. Was that glorifying to the mm, Lord as you did that's that? so good. And every thought, affection, word, and deed, which is everything we think, say, do, and feel, you know? And so you bring it back to that. When we're pursuing different things, we'll ask the question, well, will this glorify the Lord or is this being done to glorify yourself? As we're maybe pursuing things that, that are in keeping with pleasure and maybe they might be questionable. Well, hey, Christ should be your greatest pleasure. Uh, you're pursuing riches. He should be your greatest treasure. You know, it, the ramifications spill over into so many different things, you know? So good. If you don't get this question right, you're not going to get any of the questions that come your way mm. right. Yeah. I mean, that, that's how important this is, right? I, I have a car. We all have a car. Ray, Ray has a, like a baby car. <laughs> <laughs> the most popular car in the world is a Vita Beetle. That's number one. So that's what you have? Mm-hmm. So you're following the ways of the world by going after what's popular? <laughs> <laughs> it's like no, a tricycle. I'm using it to reach the world. Oh, hey. that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. So, so, the, so the main purpose of a car is to get you from point A to point B. But if I never put gas in it and I just kept it inside my driveway, hmm. then you're not using it for the purpose for which it was designed. In past podcasts, Oscar has talked about uh, our, our telos, right? Hmm. Uh, the, the meaning, the purpose for which it was designed. And if the car is not actually used for the purpose for which it was designed, well, then it's it's just a big paperweight. Wow. Right? <laughs> and so you and I, we, we have a purpose, and that is to 
know God and to make our God known. Mm. So when we do anything extracurricular outside of that, and there's nothing wrong with extracurricular activities, right? Whatever you do, you do all to the glory of God. But if we don't have that purpose, well, then you become just a big paperweight, right? You become uh, something other than that which you are designed for, and what you do that day will not have any meaning in life. And you had mentioned... uh, Russell Crowe earlier uh, by a quote of his, well, maybe his, what you do in time will echo in eternity. Well, Why did you bring it up? What yeah. you do in time will echo in eternity. And isn't that true, right? Whatever we did last night, we found it so important that we exchanged a moment of eternity for it. Like what we're doing today, we are willing to say, I want that to echo forever into eternity, that I can be yeah. known by that. And not not to overemphasize and over-spiritualize, but just by virtue of the fact that we are spiritual beings created with a purpose, that everything we do is holy unto Him, yeah. that we can be mindful of Christ in the midst of it. And mm. if we had that mindset, we will walk out of more movies. We will not listen to as many jokes. Yeah. We will utilize the money that God has entrusted into our care a little bit more proper than uh, the person next to us. Amen. And because everything we have is on loan from him, and that includes not just money, but our time. I yeah. think the telos argument is a, a really good evangelistic approach, especially to younger individuals. I, I think I've talked about that on the podcast before, because because maybe one of the reasons why we're doing this is that the newer generation of kids, I shouldn't say kids, because honestly, it's people my age, newer generation of people are not asking the same gener- the same question that the generation before them was asking. The generation before, you know, the, the existential question that was on everybody's mind is, what happens when I die? And so if yeah. you talk to somebody from generations prior and you ask them, what do you think you can go when you die? They, they've probably contemplated it at some point. But when you start drifting towards younger generation, you ask that question, what often you'll see is, I don't know, didn't really think about it. I don't know, I'm sure. It wouldn't be fair for us to say that they are not interested in spiritual things. It's more helpful to think what is their existential question? And the existential question that is being asked, I think by many today is this question, what is my purpose? What is my meaning? What is my value in life? And here's where the telos argument I think helps a lot because if, again, you know, I I like to use the idea of a watch. Like if I grab a watch and I try to use a watch as a hammer, it's going to make a mess of things. I'm going to break the watch. The hammer's not going to go into the wood. Nothing is going to work the nail's well. nail's not going to go into the wood. Sorry, you're right. The you're hammering a hammer with a watch. <laughs> with a watch. That's, how, that's why I hire construction hammer workers. Hammer a hammer with a watch. <laughs> and if you are going about your life with the wrong telos, if you're a watch trying to be a hammer, you're going to feel it. Your lived experience is that you're going to feel lost. And that's a key word. When you talk to younger people today and you ask them, do you feel lost? It's like they have this look like, how did you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's because they're not living out their telos. And then we get to, through the gospel, explain to them, your telos, the reason why you exist is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Amen. Ray, a minute ago, you looked like you had something brilliant you wanted to say. Yeah, it wasn't brilliant. It's pathetic, but it's Re- Revelation 4, <laughs> verse 11, because it's going to lift You're up. You're saying Scripture's it. pathetic? <clears throat> Whoa! I'm moving on to Scripture Whoa. from my pathetic thought. But listen, Revelation 4, verse 11, King James Version, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for you have created all things, and for your pleasure they are and were created. And yeah. we, we look at this world and think, yeah, it's all for our pleasure. What we don't realize is that our pleasure is God's pleasure. Amen. When you look at your kids, nothing thrills you more than seeing your kids 
enjoying themselves. You yeah, think yeah. this is wonderful. So your kids' pleasure give you pleasure, and us living in righteousness and enjoying the gifts that God has given us gives God pleasure, which is Amen. a wonderful thought. Yeah. You know, in the verse that goes along with our family vision statements, 1 Corinthians 10, 31, right. whether you eat or do... <laughs> Whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Right. Mark, I love that earlier you were just referencing so how, how we're... when are you going to stop slurping your soup and stuff like that? <laughs> I often think of that verse when I'm eating. Slurping. Do to the glory no, of God. Whatever you oh, do, whether you eat or drink, do it to the glory of God. It's really hard for me to do that with finger food appetizers. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this doesn't that's glorify true. the Lord. <laughs> yeah, uh, but Mark, I love the fact that you referenced that you know, how are we spending our time yeah. in that regard? Uh, when I was a newer believer, I, I wrote this. Yesterday? Live each, <laughs> live each moment in wisdom and in holiness, and not for the moment itself, but rather in view of the moment to come, so that when this moment passes away, you may be left with the results of a positive action and may be able to reflect with rejoicing rather than remorse and regret. What is, what is that resolution? Was it uh, Jonathan Edwards? Hang on. That was very good, easy. Merci no, beaucoup. It, it goes along with that, that uh, one of the resolutions from Jonathan Edwards was to um, live each Dream. moment as if it's your life. No, it, it was uh, so when he looks back on his life, he would yeah. know that he did. Boy, what do you have, that. 99 resolutions or something yeah. crazy? By the time he was 17, something like that? Yeah. Yeah, and you know, the point, the point in that is that, um, you know, we're, we're only left with, what we did with the previous moment. How much time have we spent already doing this podcast? Those moments are all gone. They're literally history. Trust me, I know. All, <laughs> all we're left with is a memory and an effect. So I want to sow in every moment in such a way that when it's gone, in the next moment, I'm reaping a positive memory, a positive impact hmm. by the way that I live for the glory of God. Well, that's a great thought. Another good example is like something not living out its purpose is the like the printer in my office. It's like every time I go to print something, it starts playing like this little tune, like music, because <laughs> the paper's jamming. <laughs> <laughs> I, I found it. It's the, uh, the seventh uh, resolution from Jonathan Edwards. He said, "Resolved never to do anything which I should be afraid to do." If it were the last hour of yeah, my life. Yeah, that's well, right. That's, yeah, that's yeah. Good. Those are powerful. Those would be good to look up, friends, if you haven't. Jonathan Edwards' resolutions, they're so convicting. Convicting. I think he wrote them when he was 17 yeah. or something. He, he had a brilliant young. mind, didn't he? Yeah, and oh. he, would, he would read them weekly. And strong. And review them weekly. And, um, <laughs> and strongly. Learn more about them. We actually did a podcast on Jonathan Edwards. And if I remember correctly, you read a handful of yeah, them on there. Yeah, I did. It'd be a yeah. good one to go back and listen to. Yeah. So, you know, I, I wrote this whole thing too back way back in the day. Boy, I must have been, I don't know, 18, 19. But Is it long? In terms of the purpose of man, you guys have heard it dozens of times. But uh, Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. But it's, it's funny. I remember I, I, was, I was sitting down. I went over it meticulously and it all actually, it makes sense. It's an accurate statement. But uh, in terms of the purpose of man, the purpose of man is to know his maker, be known by his maker, and make his maker known. So that others may know his maker as their maker, be known by his maker as their maker, and make the maker of him who made his maker known to them as their maker, known as a maker of others. So that others may know the maker of him who made his maker known as a maker of the ones who made the maker of the one who made his maker known to them as their maker, known as their maker, as their maker, and that they may also make him known to others who will in turn know him, be known by him, and in multiplicity to the degree of infinitude, make him known. 
And you, and you didn't read that. You did that by memory. Yeah. And it just, I couldn't understand what you were talking about, to be quite honest. Yeah. But it did make sense. Well, your it, brain my, scares my, me. My, the, <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? The, the reason I do that is it's, it's, it's a joke. Because I say, hey, the purpose of man is very, 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 very simple. There's nothing complicated, complex, or intricate about it. It's very, very simple. Here it is. First man is known as a maker, but no one maker, and maker is maker known. And they think, oh, that's it. And then I do all that. And I say, as you saw about that ridiculous illustration, we as people have a way of complicating the simple. That's good. Yes. And so, you have a so yeah, but, but to know our maker, I mean, John 17, three, and this is eternal life to know you, the only true God, to be known by our maker, Romans 8, 29 and 30, you know, whom he foreknew, he predestined. God knows us so well, he foreknew us. Let and then glory is glory in us that he knows me and mm, he understands me. Yeah, amen. So yeah, what would you say uh, if someone said to you, nine, uh, I've been asking people, what's the, what is a Christian? Asking non-Christians, what is a Christian? And you and I know a Christian is someone who knows the Lord. It says in, uh, I think, Hebrews 8 or somewhere, you'll not, no longer say, know you the Lord. And then the scripture you just quoted uh, here, this is eternal life. They might know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you ever sent. I've got a video coming out with this girl who was a Christian for many years, and she just rips into really? everything. Hmm. And the point is that she didn't know the Lord. Wow. Because if she said she did, then she's saying everything she said, what, what she's saying isn't true. And if she didn't know the Lord, she was a false conversion. She faked it. No. But that's what a Christian is, someone who knows the Lord. That's a question you often ask people, right? And I, <laughs> because I know you're going to ask it, I love it because I know what's going on in your brain, but people are so unsuspecting. Are you saying you knew the Lord? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> I, don't point, I don't point the finger. And God. Do, and that fa- I don't do that face. <laughs> <laughs> you turned into a witch. <laughs> sick. Gollum. Right. Uh, uh, you know, we started about movies and let me circle back to movies. I know you guys have heard me talk about this at our ambassadors Academy. And this is sort of going back to act 17, which we talked about last episode. How can we look at the world and redeem the things that the poets are saying? Uh, Because again, there's common grace out there. And I think one of the best examples of this is in the movie toy story, because the thing about purpose is that it tends to speak about our identities. And I think for many people, we have an identity crisis. And I think the first movie toy story gives this great, common grace, poetic example of what it means to have true purpose. And so in that movie, as we all know, and if you haven't watched it, <laughs> we all know. <laughs> we may not all know, but if you haven't watched it, I'm about to ruin it for you, but you should watch it. It's a really good movie. In that movie, we meet Buzz Lightyear. And when you first meet Buzz Lightyear, he thinks that he is the real Buzz Lightyear of Star Command. You know yeah. what I mean? Like <laughs> he ignores all of the realities that he's just a toy. To him, his LED light is a real laser light. To him, his plastic wings can really make him fly. And so when we first meet him, you know, he's got like the name Andy is written on his shoe by the by the boy and he's like, look, your uh, chief leader has inaugurated me into your tribe. And so all throughout the movie, Woody is trying to convince Buzz that he's not a real space ranger. Towards the end of the movie, they get caught by the neighboring kid who loves to torture toys and they're trying to escape to get back to Andy's room. And there's this moment where Buzz is gonna be able to prove himself. He's gonna be able to say, look, I my identity and purpose comes from what I do do. I am going to tell you who I am. And so he gets up, he has this opportunity to be the hero of the day. He stands on a ledge. He opens up his plastic wings. There's an open window. (laughs) All Buzz has to do is fly out that window and he is who he says he is. 
and he's the hero of the day. Mm. And of course, in that moment, he jumps and in slow motion, you sort of realize as he does what Ray does every day is find out about gravity, <laughs> he starts to plummet to the ground and he hits it and his arm breaks and he's sitting there depressed because he's realizing that he is not who he says he is. And so like in a scene or two later, Buzz is strapped to a exploding rocket yes. and Woody is trapped right next to him. And Woody's like still trying to get him to escape. And Buzz tells him, what's the point? What's the point? I'm just a toy. And Woody says to him, almost in a prophetic moment, just a toy, just a toy. He says, Buzz, over there is a kid who thinks you're the greatest, is a kid who loves you. And in that moment in the movie, Buzz looks down at his soul on his shoe and he sees a name written there. Andy. And he finds the wherewithal to continue in life and to escape and to mm. get back to his home. What gave Buzz value in that moment? It's not what he is. It's not what he can do, but who he is loved by. Mm. He is loved by someone so much greater than him. And that's the good news to us is that there is a name written on our souls and it is the name of God. Mm. That is the chief end of men. Yeah, it's not who you are, it's whose you are. In our reading last night, as having a Sue, we read that famous portion of scripture where um, Jesus appears, the resurrection, and Mary doesn't know who he is, and he just turns and says, Mary. (laughs) That's just a goosebump moment. He didn't need to say anything more, and... That's the thrilling part that God knows us by name. Wow. Yeah, amen. He knows us by name. His sheep Sammy. hear his voice. Yes. He calls them by name. Wow. Yeah. And and yeah, and, and so that's the joy for us as believers. You know, we we know what our purpose is. It's to know our maker. It's to be known by our maker through that intimate, close relationship. And that third part, to make our maker known. And We've discussed it many times with Second Corinthians 5, right? It, it, we are ambassadors for Christ. God wants to plead through us to the world to be reconciled to Him. We are full-time ministers of reconciliation with the ministry of reconciliation. And so we have to keep that in mind. And I think a, a part of really living out purpose is doing, you know, what the famous statement says, beginning with the end in mind. Mm. And, you know, I love what, what it what Paul said in Second Timothy 4, 6 to 8, for I am already being poured out as a drink offering and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge will give to me on that day and not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. I love that by Paul. You know, he's saying, man, he's reached the end of his life. And he's saying, look, I, I've, I've done all this. My, my, my fight has been fought, but he fought it valiantly. You know, he didn't, he didn't throw in the towel. He didn't give up. I finished the race. He didn't just kind of run half-heartedly. He ran as though to win, mm-hmm. as he told us in another place. He's kept the faith. He didn't just keep it, but he contended for it. He fought for it with all his being. He, he reminded me when you, when you quoted, poured out as a drink offering, how David uh, longed for a drink from the well of Bethlehem and his three mighty men broke through, they risked their lives to bring back the drink from the well of Bethlehem. And instead of drinking it, mm. uh, he poured it out as a drink offering to the Lord. He says, how can I do this? Because it's the blood of you know, those, those mighty men. And we look at the gospel and say the, the great mighty three, the triune God broke through into Bethlehem to purchase 
water from the wells of everlasting life and how can we drink it in self-indulgence, but we must pour our lives as a drink offering to the Lord. Wow, I love that, Ray. You know, Mark, there's so many things that get in the way of us fulfilling our purpose and being driven by purpose. And it's the distractions of the world, wouldn't you say? And and the weakness of our flesh and the attacks of, of, of the enemy. How do we fight that? How do we, how do we get past that and stick to our purpose? I, I think uh, daily we have to uh, kind of regroup. We, we have to kind of pause and have that Selah moment where we mm. realize and recognize what is the meaning of life? Well, why am I truly here? You know, I was reading an article uh, recently uh, talking about uh, the meaning of life and how it's wrapped up in the glory of God. And there's a couple scriptures here that let me share with you. In, in calling God's elect in Isaiah 43, verse 7, it says, Bring all who claim me as their God, for I have made them for my glory. Mm. It was I who created them. And the reason we were made is for God's glory. That, that is it. And for somebody who's outside of the faith, they begin to think, well, that's uh, very narcissistic. God is a very jealous God. And we begin to equate God's jealousy like man's jealousy. But if you pause and you think through it for a moment, uh, the most loving thing that God could do is command worship from his creation because he knows that the worship of God will bring the ultimate satisfaction Amen. to man, Amen. right? So with God being a jealous God, he knows the greatest need of man is God. Yeah. So he says, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. That is the absolute best thing that God can give man yeah. is himself. Uh, Jesus said in Matthew 16, he says, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. And Amen. then that ultimately leads to a promise that Ray has shared since the moment I've met him. You know, you delight yourself in the Lord, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. But that's not to be confused with, if I delight myself in the Lord, well, then I get uh, riches, fame, popularity, and everything else attached to that. No, but when we are delighting ourselves in God, Amen. then we want what God wants for us. Yeah. Right, that's what we that's what we want. It's like pray to the Lord of the harvest to raise up laborers. If we continually are praying to the Lord of the harvest, we're gonna recognize as we look inside the mirror that we are part of that prayer. Amen. That we are the answer, the solution to the problem of the world not hearing about Jesus Christ. Yeah. So as we delight ourselves in God, what does he do? He gives us things that matter, which are heavenly spiritual things. We've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly that what we need is Christ, delight ourselves in God, we're going to find everything we need is satisfied in Him alone. Amen. So well put, Mark. Richard Dawkins said, the universe we observe has precisely the properties we should expect if there is at bottom no design, no purpose, no evil, no good, nothing but blind, pitiless indifference. Oh. What a load of onions. Oh. <laughs> absolutely exactly. horrible. Best open thing to call them. Richard, open up your Bible. Yeah. We were created by God for God to enjoy pleasure forevermore. Amen. Yeah. And and look, when when you're living with God himself as your purpose, it allows you the ability to endure the unthinkable. I mean, think, mm -hmm. of, think of Paul's heart, right? Again, driven not only to know his maker, be known by his maker, but make his maker known. Listen to what he said to the Ephesians, uh, that, to the Ephesian elders in Acts 20, 22 to 24. He said, and see now, I go bound in the spirit to Jerusalem, 
not knowing the things that will happen to me there, except, now he's saying, I don't know what's going what's to go on, except I know this, the Holy Spirit testifies in every city saying that chains and tribulations await me. So he didn't know what was going to happen. <laughs> I don't know about any good stuff, but I know this. I got, I got chains coming. I got tribulation coming. And then he says this, but none of these things move me. What a focus. Wow. I mean, but that in and of itself, like we could spend an, uh, you know, an, an hour hmm. and just talking on that. None of these things move me. Because ultimately that's what it comes down to, right? Like what I said earlier, staying our course, not being moved, swayed by, oh, my car broke down. Oh, I have this bill I got to pay. Oh, these people don't like me. Oh, they unfriended me. <laughs> none of these things move me. What things? That you're going to be persecuted. You got chains coming. Nor... Do I count my life dear to myself? That's the key. Wow. Isn't it? Crucified with Christ. Yeah. No longer live. Right. My life isn't dear to me because my life isn't mine. Hmm. It doesn't belong to me. The things that happen to me here on this earth don't matter anymore. I've set my mind on the things above where Christ is seated, is seated up in the heavenlies. Right? But none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself, so that I may finish my race with joy and the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. There's evangelism again. <gasps> Woo! Yeah. I mean, again, anyone who thinks that these words are derived... I read that, by the way. That was really good. Oh, I'm just stirred by this because I'm convicted, right? Because I'm so easily deterred from my, mm. my purpose. Paul's saying, yeah, this is what I know definitely will happen. I don't know about anything else, but I don't care. I'm not moved. My life isn't dear to myself. What's my goal? What's my purpose? To finish that race. It, it's, to, it's to do it with joy, to, to fulfill the ministry that I receive from Lord. This came from God. To what? To testify to the gospel of the grace of God. That's purpose right there. And, uh, you know, we need to be like Jesus. Isaiah 57 prophesied of him, right? His face was set like flint, and then we see it revealed in Luke 9, 51. What happens when you strike flint? Sparks. Sparks. Yeah. Sparks. To try and deter him from his purpose and you'll get sparks like peter got don't go to the cross lord <laughs> get behind me satan That's sparks. Cool. i love it yeah yeah i love that luke nine fifty one. now it came to pass when the time had come for him to be received up that he steadfastly set his face to go to jerusalem i'm going and he knew what awaited him mm -hmm. right but oh this you know, it is so important up, to know the meaning of life you know when jesus said i've come that you may have life and have it to the full uh the church today has erroneously dissected that and falsely said that that means to have an abundant life, meaning a joyous life, a happy life. And then we use that as a draw card for salvation. And then people experiment with our claims to see if those are true. And, they, and they've experienced trials and tribulation. This but Jesus did say that I've come that you might have a full life. Mm -hmm. And the reason why this is so uh, important is because that word, full that were abundant it just means full sure jesus came to give us a full life but if we're focused on what that actually means it is a meaningful life it is devoid of aimless wanderings mm -hmm. inside this life now is it wonderful in the sense that it will not have the trials and tribulation no you get to determine whether or not you like it to that extent but the truth is that we've been created for good works and it's a life filled with good works. So we are continually walking in good works, and it is at times uncomfortable, yeah. but it is a full life, and Jesus came to give us that full 
meaningful life devoid of aimless wandering. Amen. Augustine has a great quote. I finished his book, Confessions, back in January. I think it was in January. He says, um, our hearts are restless until they find their rest in you. Mm -hmm. uh, talking of the Lord. And uh, yeah, the restlessness that so many out there feel, isn't it possible that you feel restless because you're not living out a truly purposeful life, no. a life that glorifies and enjoys your maker? Amen. Augustine was brilliant. <clears throat> friends, let me leave you with this. I, I want to give you a word of exhortation. We've become friends now over the course of these past two years. You're talking about us guys? <laughs> no, our listeners. Oh. You guys are my friends. <laughs> um, and we, it's been a journey. And the, the feedback we've gotten from so many of you about how this podcast has become a regular part of your life is so encouraging to us. But I want to encourage you to really take to heart what I'm about to share. If we do not recalibrate, and I've mentioned this word before, recalibrate every day, we're going to veer off course. You know, I wear a, a watch that is linked to the Boulder, Colorado atomic clock, which keeps perfect time. Like our smartphone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but this is on my wrist. Um, but every night it goes into this mode at midnight where you see this uh, like uh, satellite dish doing lights on and off. It's, it's recalibrating. It's connecting to that, that clock in Border Colorado so they can realign. Because over time, even if it's a fraction of a second, it'll go off. So it's always perfectly aligned. Like with like my phone, I mean, they turn at the exact same time. because so You've got no excuse of being late all the time. Yeah, <laughs> constantly. Anyway, my point is, friends, look, if you really want to live out your purpose in life to be vibrant like Paul the Apostle, you're not deterred, you're not moved, your life is not dear to you, you must recalibrate. You cannot have a life that's lived out in vibrant purpose if you don't spend time with God. It's not legalism. It's not some form of attaining, you know, spiritual bragging points. It's your lifeline. Mm. How can you have a vibrant life if you're not recalibrating by connecting with your God, by pouring your heart out to Him, bringing your burdens to Him, by listening to His voice through His Word and receiving guidance and truth into your life? And so you need to examine yourself. I do. My brothers here need to. And ask yourself, what are the things that are deterring me from a passionate pursuit of God by spending intimate time with Him? I hope you do that today. All right, friends, that's the end of it. The final purpose is hearing <laughs> my voice. Don't forget the Ten Commandments scroll pen. Horrifying. Just to rake the whole program. <laughs> <laughs> and the boomerang pen that Ray greatly reminded us of. Or was it Mark? I don't know. I don't care. The Living Waters mug. The Evidence Study Bible. All at livingwaters.com. Podcast at livingwaters.com with your thoughts and comments and ideas. Let us know. Don't forget to subscribe. Leave us those ratings and comments on the platform you listen on, whether it's Spotify, Apple, or anything else. Thank you for joining us, friends. We'll see you here next time on the Living Waters Podcast. The ultimate cure for insomnia. <laughs> just, let it, just let it die. I did. Oh. <laughs> Winner, winner, chicken dinner. 
have no idea where that ridiculous saying came from. But friends, we do have winners. Winners for the podcast giveaway. That is the Living Waters podcast. We have Angela from Yucca Valley, California. Yvonne from Crestline, California. Brooke from Clayton, North Carolina. Andrea from Anderson, Indiana. Elias from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Becca from Lincoln University, Pennsylvania. Lowell from Yakima, Washington. Don from Charleston, Illinois. John from Ford, Australia. Good on you, Mike. And Dave from Willen Lane, United Kingdom. Congrats.